What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? We are back. I know it's been a while. We uh, we just had some life things to figure out, but we we didn't forget about you. We're we're still getting after it. So thank you for hanging with us. Welcome back to the show. Tim and I have a fun episode. Uh, just him and I. We we just had an interview with Dr. Christopher Owens. So if you missed that, go on and check that out. But today we kind of jump right into it. We give uh, some updates on life. So I talk about what I'm doing with my business, with OFR, doing nutrition coaching. Um, got some uh, new coaching things that I'm getting involved with. Going to be a CrossFit coach at the gym that I operate out of. Uh, rehab is also picking up. Been deep diving with some breath work. Uh, I give an update on my investments. Uh, I just had one new thing that I uh, got introduced to from a guy on the pickleball court, actually. Uh, fun sport, except when it injures you, so now I hate it. And I talk about the book I'm reading, Why Nations Fail. Very interesting read. Everything's based off institution and how things are run from the top. Tim, where do you take us today? Yeah, I discuss uh, the resume writing ventures that I've been getting into lately, the keys to creating a successful resume, how you can get kind of get on the right track to uh, develop a, a confident presence, whether you work for yourself or work for a company. Um, I kind of explain uh, just the newfound passion that I've had for that, or revamped passion, if you will. Uh, so kind of explaining, just giving an update on that, what, what I've been up to as well. Um, I talk about why I started investing in Bitcoin this past week. Um, we get into a little uh, stock talk there. Slager so shares some things as well. So good conversation there. Uh, but it's good to be back. Uh, it's it's good to be reporting again. It's good to be uh, getting back into the flow of things. I always enjoy talking with Slager and talking with you guys. I'm Slager. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we. Uh, I know you guys are going to get a lot of value from this episode and enjoy hanging with us again. Uh, so without further ado, episode 151. Tim, we're back. Yes, we are. We're back. Little hiatus. What's good? We are back. Um, so yeah, ladies and gents, we had uh, Tim and I had to figure out some life things, some business things. Hopefully, Tim is quitting his job soon. What? Um, I, I moved, moved again. I feel like all I've done is move. Uh, and and we're we're rolling our episodes again. We got another interview coming out next week. We got our episodes coming back next week. Everything's back, baby. Nothing to the front. We're all back. Feeling good. Your hair is so much longer. Does Dude, it even like fit through the headphones now? I, I what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I think if uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, who I just got his book, so I'm excited to start that. Green lights out now. Um, and country artist Riley uh, Green. I think if they had a son together, I would be it. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, he's been he's been doing like a podcasting tour. Like he was on he's uh, on every he show. Was on, he was on Bigger Pockets. He was on ESPN First Take. He was on Pardon My Take. He's been on uh, everything. He was on Gary V. He was yeah. on Rachel Hollis's. He was on Howard Howard Stern. He's everywhere right now. Mm-hmm. It's smart. Cra- he was on market. Rogan. Yeah, his episode with that's Rogan right, yeah. was really good. I loved that, that yeah. one. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they get into some good stuff there, and God, I just love McConaughey. That man can do no wrong. Yeah, but he talked about when he was on Gary V, and he talked about when he turned down like fourteen and a half mil for a movie. That he's like, you know, they offered I think it was like nine. He's like, ah, I wasn't crazy about the script, and I didn't just want to be the rom com guy. 
You know, I wanted to be able to be diverse and do different roles and have a little more character and say in my roles. And he said, then they offered like 11 mil. He's like, oh, no, I'm still not into it. Then it was like 14. He's like, you know what? Let me read this script one more time. And he's telling Gary Vee, he goes, you know, that script, it was all the same words, but it was written a lot better when 14 and a half million was asking me to read it. Mm-hmm. And he still said no and then didn't get a job for 20 months. Said 20 months didn't have any job. Wow. Like acting. And so um, that's when Gary Vee does his, his stick of, you know, turning down, leaving money on the table is always a good idea. Well, I, to a degree. Yeah. You know, in that sense, that was a good idea. If someone offers me, hey, can I give you $10,000 a month for coaching? Uh, and I say no, that's probably not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Unless it's, you know, going to give me a bad rep. But $14.5 million. Nah. Nah. I mean, when you're as successful as him and have gotten to that point, like you can have the flexibility to turn that down. Sure. And I forget what year that was in, but he was well-established. Yeah. It was funny. He talked about his dazed and confused role, and he was getting – but they made that in, I think, late 80s, 88, 89, and he was getting a few hundred dollars a day, like 330 340 a day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's – it's pretty decent. Yeah. You know, even if someone today got, like, hey, you get to go act for, you know, a grand a day. Mm-hmm. Shit. I had a friend tell me that she thinks my acting career is going to take off at 34. I go, why 34? She goes, I don't know, but I think by age 34, you'll have something. I was like, all right, I'll take it. Hmm. So it's in my notes. Okay. <laughs> in yeah. my phone. Write it down, speak it into existence. There yeah, right, go. right. Age 34, I'll have some type of acting career. Yeah. Um, how are you doing? Dude, I've been good. Yeah, I know you've been you've been busy as well. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, just grinding. We have uh, s- s- been doing some resume writing. Mm-hmm. Some is an understatement. I was but... about I was about to say, but I'll let you get there. Yeah, yeah. No, we. That's something that I've been doing uh, a lot lately, and um, it's starting to become a, a pretty consistent, reliable process and passion for me as well. Um, I've been networking with a lot of people uh, on LinkedIn, and I, I, I wrote resumes for people like back in college and just here and there, um, but I had stopped doing it for a while, like for the last year, and then a couple months ago, someone reached out to me on LinkedIn randomly mm-hmm. and just asked me to do theirs again, um, and I, I mean, I enjoyed doing it, and I just, I leaned into it, and I started doing it again, and um, now we're doing it consistently like every single week, and it's something that... Uh, not every week, but like every day. Um, and it's giving me like a new sense of um, just like rejuvenation. Like mm. it's, it's so interesting doing this because like everyone has such a unique story. Um, and although like I'm not someone who uh, I don't see myself working for an employer in the future. Like I want to see other people yes. live. Yes. The, I want to see people live the life they want. Um, and I tell all my clients this like, it's much more than just writing a resume for you. It's much more than writing a cover letter or doing your LinkedIn. Like, I want you to get to a point where you're enjoying what you're doing every day. I'm just giving you the vehicle to get to that point so you can you can do that. Um, so yeah, like I I've, I've been enjoying like I've been talking to people with a bunch of different industries, um, learn learning people because at the end of the day it's just storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I always enjoy jumping on like with all my clients I jump on a phone call with them and get their motivations and listen to their story and. I, I can't write a good resume unless I, um, I talk to them on the phone like that. So, 
Yeah, so it's been good. You said you did some in college, and I'm sure you and I have talked about this a little bit, but for people listening to, how did you, because resume writing is, is just a different niche mm-hmm. in and of, its, of itself. How did you get drawn to resume writing? Right. I feel like most people who I come across, they can talk about themselves in a good way. Like when they get to the interview, they're fine. Like they, they can, people are good about, people are good at bragging about themselves. They can mm-hmm. vocalize their accomplishments really well, but most people cannot put them on paper very well. Um, it's, it's a tough thing to do, especially um, in today's like very technological environment. Um, the resume process is a lot more um, digitized, like, um, so like me, I, am able to market people in a very like creative way on paper. Mm. So that's the first thing is being able to portray your, like amplify your accomplishments on paper so that when a human being reads it, they're blown away. But also there's like a, I don't know if people know, there's something called an ATS. It's called applicant tracking software. Um, so like a lot of times like jobs, they'll have like a hundred to 200 people apply for the job uh, and a, a person with like two eyeballs, they can't go through every single resume one by one and read them. It's practically impossible and it's not a good use of time. So these people, they have ATS systems that when your resume, when you submit your resume, it goes into a database. It scans your resume for like keywords, um, phrases, like skills, and it narrows down those 200 resumes down to like 20. So if someone can go through them. So like Someone could be a good candidate for the position and can speak upon themselves, but they may not get a chance to if their resume like isn't optimized. And I've hmm. done like freelance write, like I've been doing the freelance writing still, sure. but it's a lot like SEO, like search engine optimization, like filling your article with keywords that will get flagged when you Google search something where like people need to make it to the interview. So their resume gets flagged by an ATS. So like I've been able to, able to kind of apply that from like my SEO writing into resume writing. Uh, and I just enjoy like storytelling, like it's, it's storytelling at the end of the day. Um, so yeah. And I, I just enjoy like working with people. Cause like you spend 40 hours a week in your job. Most people do. I mean, it's a big part of your week. It's a big part of your mental health. So like, I really want to see people get to that point. So sweet. Yeah. Well, I was gonna, gonna ask how, how you think the professional blog writing translated to being able to market individuals better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the keywords, man. It's yeah. it's the keywords. It's the verbs too, because like a good resume, like it'll have power. It's like under the work experience section of a resume, you have the bullet points. Um, you got to be able to pick the right like power verb that describes what you did. And like mm. eye catching, like if you led a project, like you can say lead, but you can also say spearheaded something. You can also say like Ooh. like orchest- orchestrated something. Ooh. Streamlined something. <gasps> if you improve something, you streamline something. Like there's just there's different words that like you don't need to like be like too flashy, but there's still like a a set of words that you can use that aren't too flashy but really like it will force them pack to it read with a punch. They'll yeah. read the rest because wait, what did you spearhead? Yeah. Was it Oh, got me a Marlin. <laughs> or, or you spearheaded like the sales team, you know, but I feel yeah. like if I saw that in instead of led uh dot 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 mm-hmm. i'm gonna read the one that is a little more enticing uh verbiage yeah before i read the other one yeah interesting yeah and right now like it, I, i'm bragging about someone that's what i'm doing like mm-hmm. so like it's it's really fun to do that um but yeah like linkedin has been so nice uh being able to connect with these people because i feel like linkedin 
I mean, there's more people on LinkedIn than there there's ever been. So I feel like in terms of attention wise, it's it's I'm able to like get clients on there, but um, try like investing in other ways, like other like creative ways to get more clients besides LinkedIn. But uh, yeah, I'm connecting with people all over the Midwest. Like I I talk to people in like St. Louis area, um, as far as like as far south as Nashville, like Tennessee mm. and Ohio and yeah. Like, hey, you know, we need to, you're in Nashville, we need this uh, this conversation in person. I'll come mm-hmm. down to you. Yeah. Make it a weekend trip. <clears throat> yeah, and I... Uh, Put on the business card, go to Nashville for well, the yeah. weekend. <laughs> I, was, I was in St. Louis a few weeks ago, and I actually met up with one of my clients who I had done work for. Like, everyone I oh, work... Oh, very cool. Everyone I work with, I work with virtually, uh, for the most part. But this guy, like, he, he, like, reached back out to me and said he wanted to go over some some edits with the resume. I'm like, hey, I'm in your neck of the woods. Let's meet up. So mm. it was good to, like, actually have a – it was my first face-to-face meeting with a resume client before, which was good. Um, and really got some good ideas about ways I could, like, evolve it if I, like, turned it into a business. Because, like, it would be, it'd be a good business if I just did it full-time, which is mm-hmm. why I'm, like, considering just, like, going all in on it right now. Yeah. But, like, there's other possibilities with it, like, like executive coaching people. Um really like like interview prep like really like just being able to like morph people in like a better professional because mm. i think regardless of whether you, whether you work for yourself or you work for a company you have to be able to have that like presence in a room when you walk in and like i, I feel yeah. like I'm, I'm good at like coaching people towards that yeah so yeah you're becoming like um uh, hmm. like a personal branding coach yeah i like that you know like, write that down <laughs> write that down yeah ben wilder write that down mm-hmm. um that's super cool because, yeah, you can tell stories. You're used to writing three to 5,000 blog stories professionally. Yeah. And so is resume writing, are you still limited to a single page? Because I remember when we were in school, it was, hey, you don't want to go past one page. Mm-hmm. And that's where you had to get really creative on, yeah. on your descriptions. And, oh, man, but like... I don't know how to shorten this. I don't know how to shorten this and still make it sound really awesome. Yeah. Um, is it still a page? Do you go mm. past that? What yeah. What has changed since we were in school? You ideally want a standard one page. That's best case scenario. But like, if your resume isn't one page, it's not going to rule you out. Like, okay. it, like people who are like later in their careers, like in their forties and fifties, like it'll be a little tougher to fit that to one page if they have diverse experience. Like, if I see someone that has a lot of experience, but it's kind of the, like they've been doing like the same thing, like same job position over and over. You can you can cut out the things that may not be value added. Like you want to keep the value added stuff in there. You don't want to repeat anything or wasting space. So I try my best to get it to one page. Um, but for the people who are later in their careers, it'll be okay to keep that to two pages. You never mm. want to go above two pages. Got like it. that Like none of my resumes will be three pages. But, sure. Um, I would say like a lot of the time people who are earlier in their careers, like you can always keep it to one page every Got time. It. But Got like, it. yeah. Cause I, I, yeah, I remember that just being the tricky part for me personally. Like, man, I just, how do I make this short but still sweet? Mm-hmm. And, and cause yeah. like, oh, I think this is necessary. That was a good experience, but I got to get rid of this one, which I thought right. was a good, you know. So and there's format, like there's formatting techniques you can do with a word document to like mm. save the space, like the margins and and the font and the line spacing and different stuff like that. Sure. Um, but yeah, you you ideally want to stay to one page if you can, but. If you, if your whole resume includes unique value added information from top to bottom, like you shouldn't feel bad if you if you went on the two pages. Mm, got it. So good to know. 
And then you mentioned the executive coaching. Do you have someone that you're you're coaching currently or a prospect that you might be coaching? Dude, I not someone who I'm like contracted to coach right now, but like I do find myself just talking through people that stuff anyway as I talk to them on the phone. And there has been multiple times where someone needs it, but mm-hmm. like I just I can't like go through with it right now because I have so much other stuff going on. Sure. But like if it's something where I'm doing the resume full time, like that is definitely something that I will start offering. because um, I People like people ask me if I do it, but I I have to be honest with them and tell yeah. them, hey, like I don't have like a lot of experience in this. I know I can do it for you and can do it effectively, but I want to be able to serve you in the best way possible and dedicate enough time to you. And at this point in time, it's it, it needs to just be the resume for now. And like down the road, if you still need that, and I'm in a different position, which I will be, uh, then I can offer that. Damn but you yeah. for being honest, Tim. <laughs> but yeah, mm. dude, everyone like like I would say like a handful of people have asked and everyone needs it to a degree. You don't want to push on someone unless they like ask you. Um, but everyone could, could use like a, like a, a, a confidence boost. Not, I mean, there are confident, a lot of confident people, but, um, people just need a, a better way of like marketing themselves sure. in certain ways. So. What, so what would that kind of executive coaching look like? Like I know you said you could talk people through the interview process. Mm-hmm. So when, when they're like, hey, do you do executive coaching? What What's in their mind and, and mm-hmm. what is in your mind in terms of delivery of value? I think it's the key to, I mean, in my opinion, the key to executive coaching is really getting to the root, the, the top skills of someone, the, their, their, tre- their internal treasures. Like what, like what are the top three like most valuable things about that person whether mm-hmm. they know them or not it's getting to that point to come to mutual agreement about what those three things are and coaching that person as to how they can use those things to benefit other people's lives on a daily basis like mm. through their job because like some people do know the answer to that question but some people don't know what that thing is so i think the first step is really being able to like hone in on what those things are um really asking a person like what do you enjoy most about doing what you're doing right now like what are what are some of the biggest accomplishments that you've had and really just digging deep and like peeling the onion on that thing that they that they ask about or that they answer about on that Mm. um but really being able to instill confidence in people that they like feel empowered to grow in the organization that they're at um become like a leader in their industry uh be able to make change because people are capable of that you just need to bring it out in them sometimes Mm. So that might also help them find a different role if it's like, oh, these are my top three things. Yeah. But in this role, I can't really utilize that. Right. This can't help everyone to my greatest potential. Mm-hmm. It might be, oh, maybe I do need to look for something else. Yeah. But it's like, oh, I felt there is that something, but I didn't know what that something needed to be changed about. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone has it inside of them. Yeah. Some people are just, just stuck and like may not really know that thing like I talk to a lot of people who like have just hit a wall in their job Mm -hmm. and they they need and most people like that I talk to they know like the type of job that they want to go after and it's it's a smooth process there but like some people just aren't sure and that's okay like that's completely okay to be at that point it's just a matter of these people just need someone to talk to 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 like really just vocalize what they're good at and Mm -hmm. some people just figure out themselves if you ask the right questions so and, and I have a feeling when you go, when you start to go down the, the coaching um, role side of your business, I have a feeling that you'll find people that some of them just need permission, mm-hmm. which sounds really weird, mm-hmm. but they just need permission to 
be that in themselves, like to where, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the role and then, okay, that is my identity now where it's like, oh no, dude, like allow yourself to go do this. If it's not exactly what you're doing today, this is who you really are. Mm -hmm. So be that, that is your identity. Your job here is not, not that Yeah. to where some people like, oh, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. Like, but they, they feel what they need to do. It's like, ah, oh, no, I shouldn't do that. Yeah. Says yeah. who? Right. And then here comes Coach Tim. Nah, dude, go do that shit. I give mm-hmm. you permission. Yeah. At some point, either they or someone else in their life set that limitation. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they made that final decision for themselves that they're going to make that limitation for 100%. themselves. Whether it's externally influenced or internally. 100%. Ah, oh, sweet, man. Yeah. You got, you, got some, you got some things cooking up in the lab. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's definitely something that, like, I just, I enjoy, like, just being there for people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's good. Like, uh, Ashley, who we brought into our show, who has her own business, mm-hmm. like, she said something like, I just want to be accessible for my, for my clients. I want to be there for them when they need something, if they have a question. That's, like, how I feel with this. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm very responsive with people in terms of this, and it, it feels good to, like, just be there for someone. Yeah. So, yeah. You're on, you're on it, dude. So yeah, I got the professional aspect of people, but you have the nutrition aspect. You have the movement aspect. Tell me about what you've been All cooking All aboard the games trains, baby. Tell me what you've been cooking up, uh, sir. So yeah, man, it's been a, a slow but a steady incline, I feel like, to where, you know, so I, I share an office with Dr. Christopher Owens, who we're going to release that episode. Um, we already released it. Oh, did we? I thought we were releasing it today, Friday. And oh. then by the time this airs, it'll be next week, All right? right. We re- so, yeah, yeah, nice, nice. See, got, got to kick the dust off. <laughs> so we just released an episode with Dr. Christopher Owens, a good friend of mine, and he's my chiropractor. So if you need a chiropractor in the indie area, uh, he is your man. So we got laid off together in March from a different chiropractic office due to the COVID stuff. And so we're like, well... We're kind of crazy enough to start our own venture, and there I was working under another chiropractor's license. So I was able to, I'm not a licensed physical therapist, I have a personal training background, um, and so I can do corrective exercise and movement and breath work. I just can't do any cupping, graston um, to, a, to a paying patient. Just legally, I can't do it. So it was a bummer at first, is what it is. But I'm like, hey, I know a lot about breath. I know a lot about corrective exercise and movement, body mechanics, so I can still do a lot. But I knew that would be a slower pickup in terms of business than, you know, Dr. Owens. He's a doctor. He's a chiropractor. He can be hands-on. He can adjust and manipulate. So uh, what's nice and a blessing from him, he will see patients for usually a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And then he says, hey, you know, Colin is the movement God, he's the specialist in terms of rehab. I want you to start seeing him. So he kind of includes me in his uh, plans, even though he's not my boss, I'm not his. We have our own separate legal entities and businesses. So it works out well. We can kind of feed each other uh, patients. And one time he was on vacation and someone came to me after a CrossFit class and she's like, hey, I need to get an appointment to come see you. I was like, all right, sweet, like rehab and nutrition. She was like, oh, I, I got some pain in my shoulder. I was like, okay, I can't be hands-on uh, in terms of uh, trying to work through muscle tissue, even though I'm, I'm still proficient at that. Like, 
if Tim, you're like, hey, can you come over my neck? Or it's like, I can grasp and I can cup. I can do those things, just not legally to someone in my office now. Yeah. But so my mom likes when I go home. She's always got a tight neck whenever I show up. So I'm like, what's correlation here? Me coming home? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you really want me home? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, you know, people are starting to see the benefit in what I do. Because at first it's like, okay, like, you know, I can, I can do the stuff in class. Like, why do I need you? Um, but a lot centers around uh, what we call DNS, dynamic neuromuscular stabilization. So that's where I start with your core, your trunk stability, and a lot of breath work to where it kind of drives a shift between the ears of how we should breathe with our movements. Mm-hmm. And so if someone has you know knee pain, I'm going to watch their gait, how they walk, how they run, uh, because everything starts ground up. Our feet are on the floor more than anything. So if you have knee pain, I want to see how you're moving on the ground. Um, so the gym owner, Monica, one day she was, you know, we, we treat, uh, treat her and, and, and the head coach. Uh, we don't charge them. We got a pretty good gig. We pay her rent, yada, yada, but we'll treat them. And she's like, hey, can you work on my calves, this and that? I'm like, all right, sure. Worked on her plantar fascia. Then I was like, hey, I want to see how you walk. And so I'm assessing her gait how she walks and I make small tweaks to that. I'm like, Hey, this sounds really weird. But I I even gave her an exercise of certain movements with her foot by putting her fingers all the way in between her toes as deep as she can in between her toes to help get more spread through the foot to have better connection of foot and the ground. And so I was like, Hey, make these small changes. When you walk, walk with purpose, be conscious of how you're walking and landing. And so that's, when I can get super nitty gritty with stuff like that, that's when someone realizes what I can do. Mm-hmm. It's not just, hey, stretch a little more. Here's a different stretch. Sometimes people just need that. But a lot of times people need something that is a little higher level than they're probably expecting or used to getting in the mm-hmm. past um, to where just your average personal trainer isn't going to prescribe the things I'm going to prescribe. I mean, they're great. Not to knock just a personal trainer in the gym. They do a lot of good things, but I take it a little deeper. And that's just, you know, being in the last office I was in, a lot of benefits from that. So now I've had a couple of people sign up nutrition clients. One's a responder. Um, I, I have different packages for first responders to try to give back to them a little bit. And, you know, it can be anything. One girl, she wants to just feel good, look good for her wedding next fall. I was like, oh, we got plenty of time, but let's start here. You're going to see a lot of results in, in the next two to three months if you just add this. So hers is a lot more simpler uh, design than my responder. He He's a good eater, knows how to eat. He's in CrossFit. He knows how to move. He's strong. And so it's just, it's different. I'll go deeper with some people and others. It's like, oh, Oh, this is very doable. Okay, yeah, I know you just need something doable. If we're starting from not much movement, zero gym activity, okay, I'm not going to push you past one to two days of resistance training per week. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's doable. Okay, good. That's what I want. And let's make it painfully easy and go from there. Um, so that's that's the kind of coaching I do. But yeah. I also, I'm looking at sleep, overall stress from, from your, your work, your personal life, you know, do you have a family? Do you have a significant other? What is every factor that's going to come into whatever your result, your desired result is? 
I want to know any limiting factor to that. So if there's, you know, if you just had a kid and I don't know about it and you're like, man, you know, I'm, I'm plateauing, I'm, I'm not losing weight, I'm gaining more. And it's because you just had a kid, you're up all night with your kid, you're not sleeping. If I don't know those things and you don't get the results, then it's like I'm tied to something that's not getting results. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, that's my job though. So I have intakes that I ask all those types of questions. So I get a full over, overview of your entire lifestyle. So it's not, hey, just eat this, eat that. I can do macros. I was telling you before we started rolling, you know, some people, they don't need macros. It's not, hey, this many grams of protein, carbs, and fats every day. That'll add more stress to a lot of people than, than anything. Mm-hmm. So that it's, there's no use. If I say we need to increase calories, I know if I tell you, hey, add this here, add this there, I know what we're increasing. I'll take care of that. So yeah, it, it's, it's super fun, man. And the more consultations I do, the more natural it is of just, I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. That, that, that is, you know, we were talking about your top three skills. One of my top three skills, I know people. I can, I can really get along with people. I had a lady I was talking to, you know, people will just tell me their hardest shit, their darkest secrets on a whim. And it's just my mom's the same way. And so that's when I coach, I can access people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's my thing. Rehab, I know how the body moves. I know how we're supposed to move. And, you know, I can, you know, fine-tune something where even one of our coaches came to me. He's having a certain pain. And I was like, hey, let's change this and this. We did a loaded squat. I was like, hey, stop there. So I had him go down. I was like, all right, stop there. Don't go further than that. Then come up. And we just had a little butt wink issue, and that was driving some hip pain. <clears throat> so it's, I like where I'm at because I'm in that spot of feeling dangerously valuable to people, mm-hmm. to yeah. where I'm kind of honing in the business side of things. People are seeing the value, and that's when people start talking, like, hey, I saw Colin, and he does some weird shit, but it works. Mm-hmm. And, and there are some weird exercises. I've had patients coming back. Like, yeah, I was doing this and then I lost it, but I felt exactly what we're going for. And now I get it. So it clicks. It might take a day. It might take a week, but yeah. So I do a lot of rehabilitative exercise, a lot of breath work and, and nutrition. So, but that encompasses lifestyle. Yeah. So it's, it's fun, man, and I'm now studying to be uh, one of our CrossFit coaches, so I have that. Uh, by the time this releases, it'll be this coming weekend, the 7th and 8th, and I'll take that test at the end of the second day, and I'm on on pace to start coaching this month. Nice. So, yeah, just Making yourself more serviceable. 100%, and, and that'll help rehab. My rehab will help be a better coach, so everything is going to kind of come together. Uh, one thing... You know, I've I've put the brakes on the real estate side for now, but you know, I think I'm gonna try to go to one of the RIA meetings in November and September, or November, December, and uh, oh, stink bug, off my oh shit! Oh my gosh! And we're back, stink bug intermission. Yes. So I didn't know that stink bugs were a thing <clears throat> until I got to Butler. Right. Yeah. And freshman dorms. Yeah, and I don't know if, like, if those originate in the Midwest, if that's only a Midwest thing, but I've grown up in Northwest Indiana my whole life. I've never seen a stink bug before college, mm. ever. 
Yeah, I, so. I was I was in uh, St. Louis at one of our offices, and there was one on the window, and the person had never seen one before. I'm like, what's that? Yeah, so so they must be out there too, but not as common. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm interested in the origin because yeah, I've I've not seen one since. Uh, I mean, before school, I had never seen one, and yeah. and now it's like they're a thing. And I'm like, ah, and and they're weird. They're they have a hard shell on them. They're just a, mm-hmm. a nasty little bug. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, so I'm going to coach uh, and then getting back into the real estate stuff because that, that's just, it really interests me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very fascinated by real estate. And, and when I went through that course, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I learned a lot of good things where it's like, okay, it's complicated, but it's not. And it's just the hard part is applying it. And I think meeting people in the industry is, is the biggest hurdle. Mm-hmm. Because it's a lot of who you know, you know, agents. Yeah. They know agents. They know who to refer people to and who to avoid. And so, you know, it's finding those well-known and good, reputable investors to kind of maybe learn from. Yeah, mm-hmm. hey, I'd love to be a long-term deal source for you. What What's your criteria? Can Can I bring you something if if I think it it'll work for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I think over the next month and a half or so, I'll, I'll start to pick that up after I get my certification. That's kind of the focus micro for the next two weeks right now. And then I'll kind of expand because, yeah, I think the business, you know, I'm getting more steady income with that. Uh, and now I can start to not take my foot off the gas, but I can put a little focus elsewhere too. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> Great. yeah, man, that's, yeah, there's a lot of things in motion, but I'm at I'm at the cusp of what I can handle in terms of mm-hmm. workload. Yeah. So yeah, I got the, the Simply Nano, the CBD, love that. Uh, and then got the business, doing the coaching, and then all we got the podcast, I'll dabble with the real estate, but I can't add anything else. Right. Like I, I'm at my limit, and, and I'm more self-aware now than a couple of years ago. I tried to just overdo it, mm-hmm. but I know where I'm at now. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have a boss either, so that helps. Right, right. Yeah, so... When someone's like, hey, you want to do this tomorrow? I was like, oh, let me talk to my boss. My buddy's like, I know your boss. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he's pretty chill. He I lets was, you. I was like, touche. He lets you work where you want, when you want. So. Uh, he can be so, a hard ass. Sounds like a good boss. Sometimes he's a hard ass. He's good at telling me no. Um, but yeah, dude, things are good, man. You know, in, in a year of just nothing but disruption and noise and just garbage, things are good, man. Mm-hmm. Like, good. Like I said, feeling dangerous again. Yeah. You've grown in this year. Oh, that's yeah. Been, that's, yeah. That's torn down a lot of people mm-hmm. last two years i've had a lot of self-growth a lot of self-awareness and my one buddy he's like you know he's like man i'm, I'm happy you can see that i had a situation it's just one of those you step back and it's like why am i feeling and thinking this way mm-hmm. it's definitely this and, and these internal things are playing a factor okay let's let's work through that to yeah. where before it's just react react and not have a thoughtful response of what's really driving this situation mm-hmm. yeah so, good man yeah let's uh to a little investment talk oh yeah that's yeah. right yeah um i i've told you about it but i found so not telling anyone to invest in this but i am investing in this company called telebio mm-hmm. uh ticker symbol t-e-l-a and i met this guy on the pickleball court by the way fuck pickleball that's how i hurt my second hamstring <laughs> Rehabbed my right one from pulling one of the dogs away from the UPS guy. Just stupid scenario. Rehabbed that for six weeks. 
and then immediately after played pickleball, took one step, uh, a hard step with my left and felt my hamstring zap. So in the middle of fixing that, but being more aggressive on that one. But meet this guy. He's a sales rep for this company, Telebio. What they specialize in is hernia uh, operations. So he said their company has contracts with sheep farmers in New Zealand to where sheep have four stomachs and the front two stomachs are more um, aligned with being a natural recovery with the human tissue. So they use that lining to fix hernias rather than the mesh that is currently used. Problem is they only have two years of clinical trials. Doctors usually want to see five years before they actually use it in a person. All right, respect. So for me, I'm like, all right, right now it's like $16 a share, little longer term play, but you know, medical is always going to be necessary. Hernias aren't going away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Will they ever? So like if this is a more natural way and the body accepts it better, he goes, yeah, the mesh is kind of kind of a crappy way to do it since the stomach lining is more um, accepted by the human tissue and it's just a more natural way of healing. I'm like, shit. Yeah. I'll get in on that. There you go. For is 16 it... a share. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's my newest, uh, most recent investment. The rest are the same. You know, Penn, mm-hmm. Penn is doing fine. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I have. Oh, uh, the Virgin Galactic, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to launch like I the think, roller coaster. I think stock. this year. Okay. So, yeah. so I'm thinking, and again, I'm, I'm no no professional investor, but I'm thinking that once they have a successful launch, that that stock is going to go pretty high. Yeah, and when and when we get past COVID, like, yeah, that that'll too. break it open mm-hmm. for sure. Right now, everything's down because of the election, like because and, and and COVID numbers. Yeah, yeah, that, the combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, what a mess. This checked... this this drop is worse than than uh, earlier this year in March. Yeah, it's well, it started in Feb- late February. It's way worse than that one, yeah. which is crazy. Which but... like. Also, not too surprising since it's November. It's yeah. election season. Yep. You know, so we were, ev- due, we were due for one. Everything we were... is upside down. Yeah. I checked the other day. I was like, all in the reds. I was like, mm. yeah. All right. That's enough for today. That's all I needed to see. Yeah. But good time to buy more. Definitely. I'm buying like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What uh, what kind of new stuff are you in? I know you wanted to get into some Bitcoin talk. Yeah. So I'm, that's that's my that's my coverage today. Bitcoin. Okay. I started my journey. With Bitcoin, um, he so started the I journey. PayPal. Before I talk about Bitcoin, I'm talk about okay. PayPal. PayPal has been one of, one of my best performing stocks this year. Mm. Um, PayPal is just changing the game. Um, the, in terms of number of active users, PayPal is technically the biggest bank in the world. Really? Yeah. I mean, I use PayPal. Yeah, 286 million active users with PayPal. Wow. And then, like wow. eight, a little over 87 percent of all online transactions can be done through PayPal. So not only do they have like the attention, the crowd there, the online, like the e-commerce use of it. So a lot of people are on it, but they just announced that they are going to be offering all of its users the ability to purchase Bitcoin and hold Bitcoin on its app and, and buy things online with Bitcoin. Yeah. And Bitcoin is what, like 13,000 per right now? Yep. And then at like its peak, coin, would you call it? Yeah, at coin? its peak, it was it was at like nineteen thousand. Fuck. 
but I yeah. And Robinhood offers Bit be able to purchase Bitcoin. So I I I put a bunch into Bitcoin this week. I decreased some of my stock positions. Mm-hmm. Luckily before the the decrease. Yeah. Um, but not all. Like I've I've lost a lot in my stocks, but pulled some out of my stocks and put some in there. And I'm gonna be investing in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Which is the other? I call it the Scotty Pippen of cryptocurrency. Okay, it's before, like Bitcoin's like the Michael Jordan. Before it. you do, I'm gonna tell you not. Why is that? Um, so, and I'm interested more on connecting PayPal to the Bitcoin because I know you mm-hmm. had good info on that. So, last week, my buddy who I live with, his sister and her boyfriend, they live in in Texas, and he uh, is like software developer. But, I mean, he's super smart, mm-hmm. real smart, yeah. real good at what he does. Uh, their company, uh, it's called Urbit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, he has his own company too, but he does, he works with a couple others. And what they're doing, the way he explained it to me was uh, <clears throat> imagine, so when you send a DM on Facebook, you're on Messenger, mm-hmm. and I, I send you a message. Yeah. First, I, I don't send it directly to you. Facebook gets it, and he's like, for the sake of, of argument, Zuckerberg reads it, approves it, and then sends it to you. Mm-hmm. He's like, what we're creating is kind of a different way f- for the internet to work. If I send you a DM, I send it directly to you. So we are not the channel who's allowing it to be sent. You're just sending it now to the person you want to send it to. So... It avoids things like any sort of censorship or or any issue that might happen because you're using a particular channel. He's like, you know, it's just it's the storage to support, and you have all the control and the rights because we don't own what we post on Facebook. Facebook owns that. So anything coaching wise that I put on my coaching page, I don't own anymore. Mm. Facebook owns it. Okay. Same thing on like Twitter. I don't own it. They own it. Okay. Which kind of sucks, but again, you need the platform to to share your business. Yeah. So he's like, we're the opposite, where you still own everything, and you can even handle your own, you know, shtick, where you can buy. This is where I'm going to get a little lost, but you can buy your own username, and then you can run it yourself. You can buy more and run a bunch, like if you have your own company. So they're still super young, but he was telling me Bitcoin. He was like, because uh, we asked about the other ones. And he's like, there's nothing else. He goes, Bitcoin is the only one. The rest are a scam. Because everyone is also fighting for energy uh, in terms of the proper algorithm to mine Bitcoin. So there's a lot of energy and time and people working on Bitcoin. But now all these other ones are trying to take that energy and time towards their own. He's like, but they don't have the weight and never will have the weight like Bitcoin does. Okay, so you're saying over like the long term, you'll get the highest return from Bitcoin. Yeah, and Bitcoin is proven to be its worth. Yeah. So he compared it to, you know, how did gold have value? Well, way back hundreds, hundreds of years ago, gold, it was shiny, it looked nice, and, and you know, what could you do with it? You could, you could melt it down, you could turn it into something else, you could mess with how much of that <laughs> is. He goes, Bitcoin, you can buy, you know, point two four five of a Bitcoin. You can buy point one or point oh oh one, point oh oh four. And so he was saying, this is like 
long term where people might use Bitcoin only, where okay. we might move to digital. This is like, we'll be dead. But, you know, say, oh, okay, I'll give you 0.0048 Bitcoin for that bunch of bananas, you know, or I'll give you this Bitcoin for that helicopter, like a whole coin for whatever it may be, however we determine, because he said, what's the dollar, where's the value coming from? Because mm -hmm. some people say so that are backed by an army. Okay. I'm like, huh, all right. Um, and so Bitcoin, since it's also limited, it's not as susceptible to the inflation that the dollar is. Okay. Because can you print more money? Yeah, but you're gonna decrease the value of the dollar. Right. So you can't keep mining Bitcoin over and over and over again. It's very limited. Yeah, what it, there's like 2,400 Bitcoins, that's uh, it? I, I don't know the Something number, like but like, is once it's, it's mined based on the algorithm, like that is it. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know how that side works, but because uh, we asked about like, well, my buddy Shelby goes, well, what about, you know, investing in some of the other ones? And I was like, yeah, because I've seen some other things are like super cheap right now. He goes, mm -hmm. no, nah. he's like, most of those are a scam and people just want the energy and time to try to make it work. But he's like, Bitcoin is, is king. Okay. All right. Yeah. So from, I mean, that makes from sense. him, I trust his, his word on the Bitcoin. Don't buy the other stuff, just more okay. Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that's, that's my, my decision was solely based off of, I mean, I've, I've read about Bitcoin. I've researched it. I've watched some documentaries about it, but it being, cause I'm starting to find out like banks are buying Bitcoin. They're just not really like making it put like public yet until mm -hmm. they have enough to the point where they can be like, yeah, we have Bitcoin. But mm -hmm. the fact that PayPal came out and is as soon as, as 2021, they're going to make it available for everybody mm. that like, I was like, okay, this is starting to become real. It's going to start becoming like banks are going to be start doing it as well. Traditional banks. So um, I'm just going to keep on putting more into it. And I, I know like different generations got like rich off certain things like, at first, people got rich off gold. Then people got rich off oil in the Industrial Revolution. Uh, the people got rich off real estate. And then the generation right before us got rich off the stock market. I think for our generation and like the people growing up who are like being born now, I think it's going to be cryptocurrency. So yeah, that's kind of my... I don't know if it'll be all crypto, but it will be a bigger chunk for sure Yeah, um, within the next generation or two. Um, but it... That will be a hard transition. And the, and uh, our buddy, he's like, you know, this might be a little more conspiracy. He goes, but coin shortage? Really? He goes, no. We're moving away from paper and coin and more towards digital. Yeah. Because you're, you're seeing people ask for more card and, and stuff like that, not exchanging paper. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, coin shortage? Come on. I was like, I, I, I can't comment either way, but that's believable. Right. That's believable, forcing us to, to transition towards digital. Yeah. But, because um, I mean, look, you can do, there's the Apple card, there's Apple Pay, where you mm -hmm. just need your phone to pay. And, like, it's almost scary. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, it's fun to have a lot of cash still. I, I right. think it's fun to just have a, a lot of cash. But, yeah, yeah I... I I was more interested in Bitcoin after that conversation because I was just like, it's so limited and it's so expensive. How is it going to be as accessible for everybody like the dollar is? Mm -hmm. You know, how, how is an employer going to 
pay in Bitcoin when Bitcoin is limited. Yes, we can cause inflation by printing more dollars, but that still still has the value, you know, as long as circulation is mm-hmm. is fine and controlled. But like, can you get paid? Oh, so your your annual salary is going to be four Bitcoin. You know, like, but then he's like, look, you can barter for things too. So if it's like you have an object, you can barter for more Bitcoin. And he mm-hmm. said that that's the nice thing about it. You can, it has that value. Same with like gold. You could barter things like a horse for gold. So I was like, hmm. So there's a lot of, I just don't know cryptocurrency. Yeah. I, I'm just kind of repeating our conversation that, that I had with him. But I was like, it makes sense. Yeah. Like I, I get it. I'm not denouncing it. I just want to own as many different things as possible. Like, I want to just I want to be in different buckets. Like I don't want all my money to be in like a certain spot. Like I just want to right. I want to be braced for like literally everything. So yeah. That's kind of that's why like I'm going to be getting into real estate soon. Like I want mm-hmm. my money literally everywhere. Smart. In case something like cuz we don't know what the world's going to bring. Like we just don't know. Like Smart. I want to yeah. yeah. So diversification any way possible. 100%. So. And and the wealthiest people have seven to seven different forms yeah. of income. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should just invest in lamb stomachs. I'll just. just <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna, just, I'll pay I... you two lamb stomachs for this. <laughs> hey, uh, can I give you like point oh 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 five Bitcoin for a couple sheep? <laughs> you know, can I? I just want the front stomachs though. I don't want the back too. Just the front. Yeah, just the front. That's right. That's the value. I don't want all of them. I just want a little bit. I just want the front too. The back two are irre- irrelevant. I don't need them, but I do want Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, uh, I am I am um, reading Why Nations Fail. Very interesting read. And, and I like it because it talks about even ancient civilizations, why a tribe right across a river from another tribe would do inherent, like so much better or so much worse. And everything came down to institution. How is it set up via institution? Um, and so it, it went through... There are a few theories. One is like, okay, geography. You know, if you have good soil and sunlight and, you know, it's not too hot, not too cold, and year-round you have moderate climates, are they, do they perform the best? Uh, sometimes, maybe, maybe not. But even, it talked about the Middle East, it's not because they have bad soil. It's because of how things are run. Um, then they went to religion. Okay, historically you might see Protestant-based things do, do better economically eh, but look at the institution it was still set up for success and uh, then it was economists saying oh this is how it should be but it was based on extractive and inclusive so extractive being where there's there's incentive there's reward for creating a patent there's reward for creating something of value that a lot of people can use and for you to sell it where you get you set your price point. You get what you you eat what you kill, essentially. Mm-hmm. To where an extractive is like more the government says so, more uh not that I want to third rail us here, but more communist style to where and some get away with it for a long time. Like look, China and Russia look really good on certain aspects. Like they look really good in industrial and <clears throat> space. Mm-hmm. But other things really suffer. Same with like North Korea. You've seen the the picture from space of North Korea where there's light in like one section of North Korea. Everything else is dark. So yeah, space and, and nuclear, they might look really, really good. 
but they don't allow for what the book referred to as creative disruption mm -hmm. to where, you know, if those people high up allow others to create something and, and benefit from their creation, uh, the fear of losing some power, which, yeah, maybe short term, but if you allow that long term, people are going to love you for allowing that uh, level of reward for creating their own thing. Okay. So it's like, oh, Tim, your resume writing. Okay. Um, you can do that. You can help people, but and charge whatever you want, but you won't get more than twenty five dollars per resume that you you help. Mm. So charge what you want, but we'll take the rest. Versus, you charge X. Um, okay, you get X. And, you know, that's that's because you created that. I didn't create that. Do I have control over that? No, I lose that control of controlling your business, your funds, and I might not be as rich, but you're going to like me when I allow you to keep what you kill. Mm -hmm. Rather than if I say, charge what you want, I take everything except $25. Yeah. So it's... Um, that's I mean that seems the most fair like fa keep, fa keep fascinating book eat what you kill yeah but I'm gonna start McConaughey's Green Lights okay I pre that. I pre-ordered that there's only like yeah. 18 bucks on All Amazon right. I was like shoot I wouldn't expect anything different <laughs> <sighs> but yeah that's super interesting I, I I'm... fascinating read yeah. yeah um and not to be like oh everything everyone's being a communist no it just that's that's how the book uh, portrayed institutions and, and how things were set up in the result of mm -hmm. each. I was like, oh, super fascinating. So especially with the ancient tribes and civilizations. I was like, hmm. Yeah. Which makes sense. Um, but, you know, people have coups. When people have a coup and get to the top, then they don't want to change anything because like, oh, it's kind of nice at the top. Then more coups. And it's just that yeah, awful revolving door. So got to read. Mm -hmm. Got to read. Uh, anything else? On I'm our, good on my end. On I'm our comeback tour. I'm glad we were able to get in today and uh, yep. really get people an update. I'm good on my end. Yeah. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, yeah. Sorry we had a little hiatus. We had to figure some things out. You know, we're each running running some different ships, uh, getting getting our feet back under us. So appreciate it. Hope uh, hope you enjoyed our, our comeback episode. We're going to be more regular again, getting back on the schedule. Like I said, we had a good interview with Dr. Owens. Check that out. We got another good one coming uh, with Kyle Holman, head coach uh, at at the gym that I am at, that I work out of and, and coach at. So uh, that was a really fun episode, and we're going to get some more fun people lined up. And, uh, yeah, until next time. Tim, what kind of what kind of Tuesday should people have? Uh, a trill Tuesday. Trill Tuesday. Yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Mm, first thing that came to mind. All right. Keep your heads cool, people. We out. <laughs>